Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoyed the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. Thank you so much for not adjoining time, but convening eternity in our lives, but allowing our golden moments to roll on a little while longer. We honor you. We worship you. We give you all the praise and the glory. We confess our sin this morning and ask that you'd create in us a clean heart, renew a right spirit within us, that, Lord, we might be vessels unto honor, fit for the master's use. And Lord, by the power of your Holy Ghost, enable us to manifest fruits of repentance that we might walk in your way and be witnesses in these last and evil days. Thank you for this opportunity to proclaim your word today. The marvelous, matchless, merciful, magnanimous name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the true and the living God, we do pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. One more time for the Holy Ghost. Certainly give honor to God and to uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Danny Aiken, a brother beloved, a brother from another mother, but the same father. <laughs> Amen. And to the, all the preacher, pastor, prophets present, and to the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary community, good morning. It's good to be here. I figured he invited me back to see, give the young fellow an opportunity to get it right this time. Meet me in the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. You'll find some familiar landscape. Ephesians chapter 4. This morning we're going to do a little didactic exegetical study of these three verses. Verse 11, and it gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body, till we all come into unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want to preach this morning from the subject, God's gifts to the church. God's gifts to the church, the called ones, the ecclesia, the kaleo of God, those of us that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, those of us that are held in his hand and sheltered in his wings, the apple of his eye. He's gifted us uh, to do the work that he's called us to do. If there's ever a day that we need a word from the Lord, today certainly is that day. 
But beloved, we're living in perilous times. It's likened unto the days of Noah, where men sin continuously. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. It's likened unto the period of the judges, where every man did what was right in his own eyes. Beloved, sin in our land is running rampant. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12 says, when iniquity, when lawlessness shall abound, the love of many, and I'm glad he said many, and not all shall wax cold. My prayer this morning is that the Lord would enlarge the remnant. From satanic terroristic attacks to the propagation of systemic racism and the pipeline from school to prison to a culture of immorality with no absolutes. It's time, beloved, for every blood-bought, born-again believer that has been birthed into the body of Christ to stand up and be an ocular demonstration and a pictorial illustration of incarnational truth, tabernacling on two feet, pushing back darkness in this low land and this sin-sick secular society. Beloved, we need a word from the Lord. The Apostle Paul established in the book of Ephesians this flourishing church in Acts chapter 20, and he writes from a Roman prison to the saints. In the Old Testament, those that were consecrated to Almighty God and separate from other nations. In the New Testament sense of the word, believers that were externally consecrated and reconciled to Almighty God, but inwardly purified. And to the faithful believers, those that understood that they've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless they still live, no not I, but Christ tabernacles, domiciles in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, I forsake all, and I trust only him and the love of God who died for me. The faithful believers. You know, beloved, God blesses faithfulness. In Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, it says, the faithful, the dependable, the trustworthy, shall abound with many blessings. In other words, there'll be much favor, there'll be divinely bestowed favor upon those that are faithful to the call of Almighty God. You see, beloved, our ascended Savior, who is alive and living well, and amen goes right there, he says, uh, I gift the church. Matter of fact, uh, at salvation, he indwelt us with the Spirit of God and he fills us daily because we leap, beloved. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 18, uh, be not drunk with wine, with, which is excess. In other words, just like a drunken man is anesthetized by that alcohol, you ought to be drunk in the Spirit. Now, I'm gonna tell you something. The quieter you are, the longer I'm gonna preach. So you might as well say amen. 
he not only indwells us, but he fills us that we might be controlled by the spirit of Almighty God. Matter of fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, 4 says that he gave us all things that pertain to life and more godliness. People talk about, I need more Holy Ghost. No, you need the Holy Ghost to get more of you. God has given you everything you need uh, to live godly. Matter of fact, in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, and ye shall receive power, dudamous power. We got dynamite underneath the skin that we might be his witnesses, that we might be his martyrs, uh, that we might be able to take a look at and keep on ticking in Jerusalem, Judea. Let me let you in a secret. When you sign up in this army, it's not gonna be for a popularity contest. Hallelujah. He says, look at the scripture, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. He said, and he gave some apostles, uh, immediate messengers of Christ, those that actually seen uh, the risen Savior and witnessed for his doctrine and miracles and resurrection. That's the 12 plus the apostle Paul. He used 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, holy men of God, not spoke of their own will, but as the Holy Ghost spoke, used them to bring the word of God. You see, beloved, uh, there are no apostles today. You might turn on the radio station and here comes somebody talking about, I'm Apostle JQ coming to you live from Lockjaw, Alabama. The last one was on the Isle of Patmos. Are you gonna pray with me here this morning? He said, and some prophets. These are foundational gifts to the body of Christ. Uh, uh, in other words, some prophets. Uh, in other words, the prophet had a twofold ministry a foretelling ministry, uh, those that received direct revelation before the New Testament, uh, see, this ministry ceased uh, at the apostolic age. Uh, there's no foretelling today. It's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. Uh, if it's not in the book, don't pay it any attention. I mean, uh, when I was a single man, there, girls would come up to me, not that I looked like anything, but they'd come up to me and say, the Lord told me to tell you, you're going to be my husband. <laughs> and she was one of Lee's daughters, ugly, striking. <laughs> and, every, every, and there's a lot of extra biblical revelation today. And whenever somebody tells you something, just tell them chapter and verse. I need to see what the book says. There, now, there's also a, a foretelling ministry, and that's what we're doing today. We're proclaiming for how should a year without a preacher? And how shall it preach except to be sent? Faith cometh by singing. I just wanna see if you're awake. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, beloved, the Bible said we ought to preach the word of God in season and out of season. When they like it and when they don't like it. If they can't say amen, tell them say ouch or oh me. But let me throw this in parenthetically. You're gonna watch out how you throw out your amens. Amen means so be it. It's a term of agreement. And when you say an amen means, well, I believe what the preacher said, God said, so I say amen, amen. 
He said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. As God breathes, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it's profitable. You can gain doctrine from it, right teaching. It'll show you where you're wrong. It'll help you get right. It'll train you in right living. That's what discipleship is all about. It's teaching men and women how to process life from a biblical perspective, how to allow the divine imperative to be operative in their daily practicum. You see, beloved, judgment's on me. If I don't stand up and preach the gospel, I'm the only one standing up. Everybody sitting down, I might as well preach. <laughs> Ain't nobody else standing up. Paul said, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, he said, biblical information with practical application uh, leads to spiritual implementation. You see, beloved, uh, the, the, the preacher, all the preacher needs to do is read the Word of God, uh, uh, read the Word, explain the Word, and apply the Word. And all the hearer needs to do is receive the Word of God as the Word of God, and then respond to it in their heart. Because many of us will miss heaven by 18 inches, the distance between their head and their heart. You see, you got to watch it out, especially when you're in seminary, that you don't spend, you don't, you spend so much time getting information that you never get around to practical application. You see, beloved, you got to receive the Word of God as the Word of God, respond to it in your heart, and then rush out of here and put it to practice. Because the Bible talks about that you got to put this thing, some shoe leather, in this thing. But this morning I'm grieved because of the lack of prophetic utterance in the land. John the Revelator says we've lost our, we've left our first love. There's no awe of God anymore. We don't fear God anymore. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of learning how to live life skillfully. And when I think about it, beloved, uh, you got to be crazy not to fear God. If he doesn't authorize it, I don't get my next breath. I told the members of our church, I'm one thought from crazy. Some of them said, no, you are half a thought. Some of them said, no, no, that boy crazy. I don't know how we're going to suck up his oxygen and use his air and not worship him. It's because of him. Acts 17, I, Salazar said, I, I live and move and have my very being. I flew from St. Louis, Missouri to Philadelphia and down and then from Philadelphia to Raleigh, North Carolina. It wasn't American Airlines that got me here. It wasn't nothing but the grace of God. The Bible says in Psalm 121 verse 5, the Lord is my keeper. He preserves my going in and coming out. That's why 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 24 says, only fear the Lord and serve him not by coercion, but by choice, and consider the great things that he's done for you. I'm grieved this morning because of the lack of moral courage in the public square and in the pulpit. As kingdom citizens, that's what we are, we're kingdom citizens. We are to model the divine imperative. For the Bible says in Matthew 5, 16, that our lights ought to be shining, that men might see. This is a seeing generation. One of the things that uh, repel uh, the millennials from the word of God in the church is they don't see Jesus. 
Job said, I heard about him by the hearing and the ear, now I see him. For the only Bible many people will read is our lives. We want to let our light shine that men might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Beloved, we don't want to be a stumbling block, especially in this political season. Beloved, when your political ideology or even your cultural ethnicity is elevated over your biblical authenticity, it snatches your prophetic voice right out of our mouths. That's why our nation is filled with pimps and puppets and very few prophets. See, the issue today is not black, white, red, or yellow. The issue is green. It's always been about filthy lucre or the love of money, as 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, which is the root of all evil, even in this prophetical fraternity. And think about it, beloved. Uh, the Bible said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and die and bust hell wide open? I don't know about you, beloved. Anybody that controls my next breath, I just ought to line up and serve him in spirit, with the right heart attitude, and in truth. Many of us, and you're going to be challenged, uh, a preacher preached a sermon one time, said, when is a man ready to preach? First of all, he got to settle the bread issue. Who's going to take care of you? See, man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, you got to know who your daddy is. You got to know who you are and whose you are. Hallelujah. I mean, I figure if God can give a lion lockjaw for Daniel and he can air condition a fiery furnace for the Hebrew boys and he can use a raven, a dirty bird to serve Elijah room service in the wilderness, certainly he can take care of me. I wonder if I have a witness this morning. Paul put it this way, a conditional promise. He said, and my God, first of all, he got to be your God. You got to know that you know that you know that you've been born again. You don't pick him up on Sunday and lose him on Monday. Shall supply all my need and all I need is Jesus. When you find out he's really all you need, then you discover he's really all you got. According to his infinite resources. See, many times we're trusting in the resource rather than the source. See, beloved, the God that we serve not only is the resource, but he's also the source. Hallelujah. According to his riches and glory. He said he gave some apostles and some prophets that the foretelling is what we're doing today. The foretelling has already been foretold. And he gave some evangelists. Evangelist is not somebody come in and run a week of meetings, run a week of revival. Evangelist in the New Testament sense of the word was an itinerant preacher that labored and, and, and still they got, some folk got saved and started a, a New Testament church. Uh, it, and, and all of us, uh, Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 said, uh, we are to do the work of the evangelist. We are to make the gospel known. And he says, and some pastor teachers. Twofold designation for the same office. A pastor, uh, overseer of the flock, a shepherd, uh, the under shepherd to the good shepherd. He said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart that'll, that'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. See, beloved, today we got a problem with 
Men and women say they've been called to ministry, but have an Eli call, especially at a brethren from across the hall. You'll get that on the way home. Or they have some burn in their chest, thought it was the Holy Ghost, wasn't nothing but some tums. Go get some tums and roll aids. See, you got to know that you know that you know that God has called you to do this thing. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, you got to give diligence. You got to be sure of your election and calling. If you do that, you'll never fall. He says, Acts 20, 28, take heed to yourself. First of all, your sermon is nothing more than your personal, the overflow of your personal walk with Almighty God. He says, he says, every morning you need to spend time with me, unhurried, uninterrupted time. I don't care how many papers you got to write. I don't care how many books you got to read. Don't allow your spiritual, the spiritual disciplines to go awry because you're trying to meet a deadline. Every morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock, I get up and spend time with God. I, I lift my hands to glory and say, Lord, I surrender to you today. I, I can't do this on my own strength. Without you, nothing. I say, Lord, take my mind that I think your thoughts, for my body belongs to you. It's a blood-bought, borrowed body. Uh, and I'm to glorify you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and my body and my spirit which belong to you. Take my eyes. I make a covenant with my eyes every morning, Job 31.1, that I might not look at a woman to lust after her, that I might not objectify her, that she's a person, not a possession, that I might glorify you by what I look at. I give you my heart. I give you my hands that they would touch not the unclean thing. I give you my feet that they wouldn't be swift to mischief every morning. You need to spend time. God said, where's my appointment? Everybody else got an appointment. You got an appointment with the doctor. You got an appointment with the barbershop and the beautician and the dentist. Where's my appointment? God demands uninterrupted time. And your ministry is the overflow, the extra that you get from Almighty God. Because you sit in front of him, he fills your cup. And David said, my cup runneth over. And it's the extra that you have to give somebody else. Then you don't have to pontificate off of prestige and position and power and prosperity, but you know it's the Prince of Peace that rings your bell. The Bible said if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you'll be satisfied. Hallelujah. He said we give some pastors, teachers, twofold designation for the same office. A pastor and a teacher. Good preaching is teaching. I don't want to run you up the wall. You don't even know why you went up there. People say, he preached this morning. What did he say? I don't know what he said, but he sure sound good. <laughs> you see, beloved, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Not that you could just name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and confess it and possess it. It's God's word. Rightly dividing the word of truth, cutting it straight. Hallelujah. For the edifying of the body, the building up of the body. I give you, I commend you to God, Acts 20, 32, in the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Romans 15, 1, we are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Galatians 6, 2, we ought to bear one another's burdens, build up the body. 
Hallelujah. Scripture says we ought to do good to everybody, especially to them that are of the household of faith. Not tear it down. Build it up. Don't tear it down. You got members that are chairman of the Harpoon the Pastor Club. Got a lot of haterade in, in the body. Haterade comes in flavors. Jealousy, I wish I had what you had. And envy, I wish you didn't have it at all. You see, beloved, uh, we need to build each other up. We need to weep with those that weep and rejoice with them that rejoice. And he says, for the perfecting of the saints, the moment you get saved, you, get enter, you enter into the school of uh, sanctification to help you to learn how to be like Jesus. He says, all of us need to be in that school because we're saints, but we still got some sinner problems. When you get up in the morning, sin is couching at the door. Paul said, when I would do good, evil's always present. The good that I would do, I don't. And that which I'm not supposed to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? And if the truth be told, beloved, uh, all of us still got some skeletons in the closet and some of them still got some meat on the bone. Salvation is the miracle of the moment, but the making of a saint takes a lifetime. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18 says, we grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. Isn't it something, beloved, that we saved by the same Savior, read the same scripture, filled by the same spirit, and can't get along? The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, we are to provoke one another. We are God's provokers to love. That's, that's how people will know who we are. They will know we are Christians by our love. The Bible said to get an indicator that you are who you say you are is that you love the brethren. Hallelujah. Because the issue really is not skin, it's sin. And the Bible calls us to a ministry of reconciliation. Our, 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 our mandate is to help people get right with God so that they have the capacity to be right with each other. That we might model what the body of Christ looks like and will look like when we get around the throne. You see, beloved, uh, we might as well learn to get along down here now because we've been around the throne. Uh, the African-American is not going to be over here. The Asian is not going to be over here. The Anglo is not going to be Everybody's going to be together. This is just dress rehearsal for when we get around the throne. And when we get around the throne, we're going to be singing a one-word song, holy. Somebody say holy. Holy, holy. We're going to be worshiping Almighty God. Hallelujah. Gave some apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the equipping of the saints, the perfecting of the saints. For what? For the work of the ministry. Ministry is work. It's toil to the point of exhaustion. Wrestling with the souls of men is work. Because we're in a battle, beloved. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. 
It's not mortal human combat. It's against principalities and powers. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why we got to pray. The only way to fight the battle where the battle is, is on bending knee. As a matter of fact, I can't even get on my knees and pray anymore. I got to lay flat on my face and cry out to God. Hallelujah. Till we all come into the unity of faith. That's what we want to model today. We want to model what it is to be a kingdom citizen. No matter what you look like, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter how old you are, we want to radically obey him. For that's the secret to blessedness. See, we're good at orthodoxy, but not good at orthopraxy. See, the beloved, the Bible says, when you hear the word of God, James chapter 1, verse 25, and put it to practice, whatever you do, you'll be blessed. Favor be on your life. Hallelujah. God says, I need humility and brokenness that we might come together around the word of God and show a lost and dying world what kingdom citizenship is all about. God equips the body. He had foundational gifts to the body and nowadays evangelists and pastor teachers are continuing to build up the body of Christ so that we can come together for one reason and one reason only, to glorify the Lord. You see, beloved, the only reason why he allows the blood to stay running warm in your veins and give you activity and use of your limbs is that you might bring him some glory that you might advertise God, that you might put him on display. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, it's gotta be about him. He said, I'll draw, I'll do the drawing, all men unto me. You see, beloved, I'm so glad this morning that I know him for myself. Some called him the I am that I am in the book of Exodus. He's the ancient of days on whom Daniel spoke. He's the fountain of hope on whom Zacharias prophesied. He's the sight of a great rock in a weary land. He's my hope and my help today. Ezekiel said he's my wheel in the middle of a wheel. I like to call him Jesus. I wonder if anybody knows him today. Have you ever tried him today? Allow him to mold your life that you might be a witness for him in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for how you've gifted us with apostles and prophets and nowadays evangelists and pastor teachers that we might be equipped to do the work that you've called us to do. For Lord, we're not looking for the undertaker, we're looking for the upper taker. You're coming back. You're coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And Lord, we don't want you to, ca to catch us with our work undone. We want to work now while it's day, for night is coming when no man can work. Bless uh, this seminary as they equip men and women to do your will. In the strong and perfect name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the true and the living God, we do pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. 
If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We covet your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.